Hello and welcome to Odds on UEFA qualifiers for the World Cup. We have the playoffs and we have Italy or Portugal uh, trying to get their ticket to Qatar. So let's analyze all the games. We have Dani Fisichella and Alvaro Romeo. And remember also that we want to know your opinion. So let me know what you think in the comment section and don't forget to press the like and subscribe. Three spots left uh, to go to the World Cup in the European zone. And we have five key games and we have Alvaro, Dani. Hello, guys. Ciao. So let's Don't start with the drama. Don't be nervous. Exactly. <laughs> let's start with the drama and the nervousness of Dani Fisichella. And we have Italy North Macedonia. It's our first game. It's going to be in Palermo in the Renzo Barbera Stadium. Danny, I can understand how nervous you are and what a mess Italy is around. Uh, they looked uh, qualified, virtually qualified, but they got a draw okay. against Switzerland, missing a penalty, got a draw against Northern Ireland. Uh, and now we have a new list with Luis Felipe, with Joao Pedro, a little bit more of firepower to beat at least this North Macedonia in your head. There is also a... Uh, doubt about this game or no. the effort is in Portugal's game? Look, let's set the tone straight away in this in this video. I have zero doubt that Italy is going to qualify for the finals. Italy is far superior than North Macedonia. They do belong to different categories of national teams without not taking any, anything away from North Macedonia. North Macedonia in Nations League Group C. Italy is in National Group League a and they want it so that's the golf in class okay we are in a bad situation of course because you only won two of the last uh, five also at home not very well the problem we didn't go to the world cups directly because we drew against bulgaria straight after winning the euros and you know a little bit of hangover was the first game as soon as the league restarted normally italy has got that kind of slow starting qualification when they play in september but before losing to spain italy were unbeaten in 37 games that's a world record uh, we have seen them playing very well uh, for example in all the home games they played at the euros we see them putting teams away not going just for the one nil they're an excellent euro qualifying campaign and a good enough good enough world cup qualifiers campaign if wasn't not for those two penalties missed by Jorginho, we will be telling a different stories now where are the issues with with italy at the moment pretty much in every single position of the pitch and that's why i'm concerned donnarumma not having a super season at psg a little bit of it and miss great saves few mistakes is it Paris the best place to develop as an international footballer? I'm not sure. Defense, Chiellini and Bonucci. Again, they've been injured recently. The fullbacks, we are without Spinazzola. Emerson Palmieri is going to play their place for Lyon. Di Lorenzo is injured. The space for De Sciglio. Midfielders, Barella looks tired with Inter. We rely on the two international players that we have. Jorginho having a good season at Chelsea. Verratti having a good season at PSG, but again, cast a doubt on what, how much a, a player develops playing for PSG. And then we go up front. Yes, of course, we got the top scorer of Serie A, Immobile, with 21 goals. 
but Lazio doesn't play nowhere near the way Italy plays. Italy plays with a 4-3-3, possession-based, wants Immobile to come forward to the ball. Lazio likes to play balls over the top and make the most of um, Immobile's pace. And then the other two, we are, we are without Chiesa, obviously he's injured. And uh, Insigne, again, not a great season so far. Berardi, though, is in form. He scored a weekend, 14 goals this season, 100 goals in Serie A. So it's pretty much the same formation that won the Euros, but maybe, maybe Mancini could draw for some players that were not there. Uh, Pellegrini, what a great goal he scored in the, in the derby, the Capitale. So he might, he might start Zaniolo. Tonali, maybe Zaccagni, you mentioned João Pedro, I'm not sure, you know, to give the first cap to João Pedro, he used to play for Cagliari, good goal scorers in the province of Italy, I'm not sure if he's the man really to take us to the World Cup, but this Italy should have enough, enough quality to beat comfortably Macedonia, by the way, first time the stadium is going to be full, 100%, in two years' time, you know, since the pandemic, they play at Palermo, Renzo Barbera, La Favorita, always good atmosphere there. Italy to win, to nil. That's my uh, bet, if we have to talk about betting. Italy to win, to nil. Doesn't pay amazingly well, 183. Mm, Alvaro, Dani is mentioning the difference of uh, levels between this Macedonia and this uh, Italy. We saw Macedonia in the Euros. They were disappointing, they didn't reach the level, but in the qualification was long time ago, but they beat Germany away, that was a huge surprise. And then in the reverse fixture, Germany hammered them for nil. Yes, they did. Uh, North Macedonia, by the way, not Macedonia. No, no, no. Uh, otherwise, the Greeks are going to get very, very angry. <laughs> uh, by the way, thank you, Danny, for recommending me some food from Palermo a couple of years ago. Uh, yes. I still don't forgive you for the Pane Emilza thing that you uh, recommended to me. That was terrible. Man. Food in that city was brilliant. They are playing in Palermo, and I'm looking forward to this game a lot. I think that, uh, especially looking forward to Italy Portugal. I think that uh, for me, uh, this is one of the most interesting football games of the year, uh, and hopefully it will happen. But first of all, they have to climb this little ladder of beating North Macedonia. I think that Italy, as Daniele well said, they are having their issues. Uh, I know that they will probably be a little bit nervous because, uh, you know, the fear of elimination uh, can easily uh, get your muscles rigid. But I honestly believe that at the same time, uh, Italy has better players and that has to impose itself. And I think that the midfield of Italy is really good. I really like Varela, Verratti, Jorginho. I think that the, those three should be playing together, right, Daniele? Uh, yeah, yeah, it should be starting. Yeah, should be starting. Yeah, Unless they, Barella is out of form and then he goes with Pellegrini, but should be starting. Yeah, starting. but still, the, even Pellegrini, I think that, you know, if Italy scores a goal, I think that they've got enough to keep the possession and, you know, just to, to keep the ball and to make sure that North Macedonia doesn't, uh, doesn't stand a chance. Uh, Donnarumma's confidence is something that Donnarumma's confidence is something that uh, I would be a little bit um, scared about, uh, but still, I mean, I think that Italy should be favorite here. Uh, it's very difficult to read the Italians, though, because they, for example, they won the Euro with, uh, not, I wouldn't say with ease, but they were, for me, the best team altogether with Spain. Uh, but then, you know, in the World Cup qualifying, they considered only two, but they scored only only 13. And I think that they scored 13 alone in the Euro in uh, only in six or seven games. So this Italy team has been a little bit of hit and miss. And, uh, you know, it's difficult for me to read it, but I believe that they are going to win because North Macedonia is not a reliable team. Uh, just a few numbers here. Um, for example, in the Euros, they scored only two goals. 
Um, so when they play a high-profile game, they tend to crumble, obviously. Uh, even though they beat Germany in March, that's true, last year. But then Germany beat them 4-0 in the reverse fixture. Um, in the Euro, they had only 20 attempts to score, which is one of the lowest in the competition in Euro 2020 or Euro 2021. There are a few big players that are missing for various reasons, like, for example, Goran Pandev or Alioski, who has been injured the whole season for Leeds United. Uh, and yeah, they've got some competent players. I mean, Elmas, Bardi, uh, Dimitrieski, they are all in the squad. But still, I don't see North Macedonia inflicting pain to Italy. So I'm going to go for the following. Look, I had a look to the win to nil uh, to Italy. That's interesting. Uh, 175 is about right. Um, let's don't forget anyway that... Uh, North Macedonia didn't score many goals, only two in the Euro, but then in the qualification uh, for the World Cup, they scored 23. So they are a little bit unpredictable too, but I believe that Italy can keep a clean sheet here, 175. I like the Asian handicap, minus 1.5 for Italy. I think that if uh, Italy wins by two goals, uh, which is absolutely, I would say, that logical to me, uh, you will be getting 178. And maybe this is too much because Italy are missing, for example, the firepower of Federico Chiesa, but Italy was scoring both halves, that pays 1.90. So I like that one as well. Italy, North Macedonia, the winner is going to play the winner of Portugal, Turkey. And here we have to see how Portugal reacts after that shocking defeat at home against Serbia, another team that also dropped points against Ireland, for instance. So despite the good roster, they dropped uh, some uh, points that they should have never uh, dropped. And now they are facing Turkey, Alvaro, another team that they disappointed us clearly in the Euros. For a while, they were able to challenge Netherlands, but they failed to qualify directly because, for instance, they were thrashed by Netherlands. So I'm also skeptical to see what is the real level in a high-profile game like this one. I think that Turkey has big problems when they try to play the ball from the back. I mean, I still remember the opening game of Euro 2020 and Italy capitalized uh, that uh, shaky defense, those unconfident players, the Miral, Shoyunchu, trying to play from the back and not being able to. I don't like Turkey's, the Turkish national side at the minute. I mean, uh, the way they play and the way they perform and the way they compete as well, because I believe that when they concede the first goal, they tend to crumble as well. So, you know, I'm not too sure about this Turkey. I've got many more certainties with Portugal. I wouldn't say that the game is a, as one-sided as it is between Italy and North Macedonia, but almost, almost. I believe that, uh, you know, Turkey, when they play a high-profile game, they tend to crumble. Uh, they did against the Netherlands. They lost 6-1 uh, after the Euro. Uh, Italy destroyed them uh, in the Euro as well. So, you know, when they play a team that is supposed to be better than them, well, that uh, logic tends to impose uh, itself. I know that Turkey has a new manager. They've got Stefan Kunz in there. He took the reins in September. And since then, they are unbeaten. But their opponents, they've been rather easy. Norway, Latvia, Gibraltar, or Gibraltar, as they say in England, Montenegro. I think that, uh, you know, uh, Portugal are going to offer a different type of resistance. Turkey know how to score goals. They score 27 goals in the group stage. Keep that in mind a little bit, uh, because maybe you want to go for the goals market, both teams to score, for example. But mm, when it comes to Portugal, uh, not only they have won all their competitive games against Turkey in football history, uh, but also Portugal, they've got the firepower that Turkey would wish they had. I mean, we're talking about Ronaldo, Joe Felix, Bernardo Silva, Diogo Jota, Andres Silva, so many good players. And I know that a few are out, like, for example, Renato Sanchez, Neves, a late absentee, Rubén Díaz, 
a very important defender. Semedo, not so important defender, but he can play for Fernando Santos. But still, I think Portugal has a terrific team. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo is normally performing for Portugal, even in the qualification for World Cup 2022, he scored six goals, which is quite all right, quite all right. So I'm going to go for the following. Portugal to win for Anaka is uh, a very interesting thing because that pays 140. Um, and I am ready to go for all the range for Asian Handicap minus 1.25 to minus 2.5 because I believe that when Portugal scores one goal, they tend to go for the second and the third. So all that range, I love it. So Asian Handicap minus 125 for Portugal pays 191. And an Asian Handicap minus 2.5 for Portugal, which is more or less the range I'm talking about, that pays 386. I'm ready to go for any of that range, but minus 1.25, uh, meaning, you know, that they, if they beat, if they win by two goals, basically you have it um, with some nuances. That pays 191 and it's about right. I think with Portugal, the issue is that sometimes they struggle to break down very organized defense, very teams that sit back, sit deep a lot, like the game against Ireland. They only managed to draw against Serbia as well. They were hit on the counter, but Turkey is not nothing like that. It's actually a team that is quite trying to go gung-ho, playing from the back, as Alvaro said, often making mistakes. So Juncho and Demiral, I think they're do good defenders, but very prone to make mistakes, conceding a penalty, making a foul into the box, giving a stupid free kick. You know, Turkey at the back, they are very young. You know, they go Ayan, who plays for uh, for Sassuolo, the right back is a good player. Uh, they go Selic, who plays for Lille, another good player. But, you know, none of these having a great, great season, I would say. And, you know, when you look at the numbers, which uh, Alvaro mentioned before, uh, they tell you of a team that is quite unbalanced. So, yes, they consider 16 in the qualifiers. Between the teams that finish second, this is the worst tally. So, no team has considered more than Turkey between the tech second qualified. But also, they score 27 in the qualifiers. So that makes them the sixth best attack. So, it's either high-scoring game, or as Alvaro mentioned, they crumble. And you know, at the end of the day, they are here only because they won that game in Latvia by the scruff of the neck, 2-1, with a goal in stoppage time from Burak Ilmaz. Had they not won that game, they would never going to finish second. Norway would have finished. And, you know, after the Euros, they only beat, as Alvaro mentioned, Gibraltar twice, Montenegro and Latvia. That's the only teams they beat after the Euros. And the Euros were disappointing. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, even if I look at Chalanolu, this season at Inter, very hit and miss. And I think he's the best player. Burak Ilmaz up top not having a great season with Lille, score every now and then, but, you know, not quite the talisman. Do they think there's going to be? Look, I think um, Portugal could shut them down uh, easily, far easily, although I know they miss Ruben Diaz, but I think, uh, yes, in terms of... Uh, being more prepared for such a big game. I like the Portugal win. And in terms of finding a good odds on Odspedia, Portugal clean shit, 195. Mm, well, uh, despite all the good players that Portugal have, they are also having a lot of problems. They had them in the Euros. Their role was not great. And as you mentioned, Danny, they weren't able to beat Serbia. Actually, they lost also problems with Ireland. So let's hope uh, they bounce back for the Portuguese people, of course, and perhaps all football fans can enjoy a Portugal-Italy the following week. And we have two more games. Uh, we have Sweden-Czech Republic. And here we have uh, finally good odds, in this case for the home team, 2.21, especially, Danny, because I guess 
we can trust uh, this uh, Sweden for many, many months. They were challenging Spain's uh, first position in the group. At the end, they lost to Georgia. They lost also to Spain. So they uh, finished uh, second. But also in the Euros, they were a tough team. They have a good block, I guess. Better than the Czechs that <laughs> they had a very poor qualifying. They finished third, in fact. They finished behind Wales. They are there only because Wales won the Nations League group and they got, uh, you know, bounced back into into the qualifier. Uh, Czech Republic, again, very hit and miss, I think. Not quite consistent, although it surprised many at the Euros. They only lost one of the last six Czech Republic after the Euros. They kept four clean sheets. They got some issues in the scoring department and is linked to the return of Patrick Schick. Patrick Schick is back from his injury. He hasn't played for over a month uh, for Leverkusen. He scored 20 goals in 20 games so far this season, but then he had a bad injury. So now he's back with the national team, but this weekend he hasn't played. So I know the Czech people are all excited that Schick is back, but he hasn't played. So let's see what kind of form is. They do rely a lot on the center forwards you know individually czech republic players are having a good season now we're getting used to czech teams doing well in europe this season is lavia praga last season was uh, sparta prague you know uh, they are there they're about they compete in europe and then you know uh, player like antonin baraka verona great season 10 goals so far uh Horzek, 19 years old that's the great prospect of czech football playing more minutes for Pasta Prague this season. So we'll see him on the pitch. Kufal uh, is injured, though. He, he might not be uh, playing this one. Suchek, always relying for West Ham, seeing doing week in and week out. They might be tired, though, these players. They play a lot, a lot of uh, games. When it comes to big games, when it comes to the crunch, you know, uh, Czech Republic are a bit difficult to uh, read. You know, I would not have imagined them to qualify, for example, for the groups, and they did. Then they beat uh, Netherlands, but in the qualifiers, they lost to Neil, to Wales and to Belgium. I got some question marks over how uh, good Czech Republic could be playing away from home, especially if Schick is not in uh, top form. Check the lineups, by the way, to see if he actually makes the uh, start, but he should make the start, because you know if they lose this one, well, <laughs> there's no way back. Uh, of course, Sweden, Sweden is solid. Sweden is solid at home. Um, I don't know, I think it might be a low scoring game, this one. Hence, I'm going to go for an under 0.75 goals in the first half, which pays well. 2.15, let's explain it. If, it. if the first half and nil-nil, you win 2.15. If the first half ends 1-0, either way, you only lose your half a stake. Oh, yeah, sorry, you win, sorry, sorry, you win half a stake. If you finish 1-0, finish 2-0, you lose, you, lose, you lose your money. Mm, Sweden very solid, as Danny is saying, especially at home. Alvaro, we know it pretty well because even Spain lost uh, against Sweden playing away. Yeah, Sweden is uh, a great thermometer to to measure uh, your level, uh, and I think that Spain had to face them a few times in the last uh, 12 months, and they always found it uh, very difficult. I think that, uh, as I said before, they they are capable of um, just pushing you to certain limits, and Spain always suffer against them because Spain is not the kind of team that uh, scores easily. They've got possession, but sometimes the possession can get a little bit um, too slow. And with a rival like Sweden, they, they enjoy being in the six-yard box and clear the ball all the time. So, you know, uh, Sweden conceded three goals 
um, in the qualification for Euro 2020, conceded three, and they have conceded only one, uh, sorry, three goals at home in the qualification for Euro 2020, and they conceded only one game, uh, one goal at home for the qualification for World Cup 2022. Spain was the only team who was capable of scoring a goal in Sweden in the qualification for the World Cup. So this is the kind of thing we're talking about. And uh, I totally agree with Daniele. I think that uh, we, we have to go for the low, for the goal market and um, we have to expect a very few goals. Mm, Sweden, uh, they are good at home normally. In fact, uh, this is a quick trivia. Uh, in Solna, anytime they play, uh, normally they are winning. They have won their last nine games in this city. But, uh, you know, just a few numbers, just to explain how good they are defensively. They considered only six goals in qualifiers in eight games. Uh, they won all their games at home. And uh, Morata was the player that sent them to the playoffs but we had to wait until late November to see that happen because until then it looked like Sweden was capable of qualifying first and send Spain to the playoffs. Uh, however, what happens to Sweden is that they suffer when they have to take the initiative and I don't know whether they'll be uh, willing to do that against the Czech Republic this time. They play at home, yes, but Sweden knows that they, what they do best is to stay strong at the back and then make sure that they uh, capitalize a counter-attack or two or two so you know i want to see what they approach their approach is but when sweden takes the initiative they suffer for example they have to beat georgia to top the group against spain and they lost uh, to georgia away 2-0 uh, you know that was a little bit summar summarized of what sweden is about when the other team attacks they are comfortable when they have to take the initiative then they suffer they got good players elanga for example is getting his first cup this time um, Kulusevski is having a really good season for Spurs. Um, Zlatan Ibrahimovic is in the squad. In my opinion, he shouldn't be playing or starting, but anyway, who knows? Isaac, he's not in a great form, but he's in the squad as well. Lindelof is a competent defender. So we know a few players from Sweden and they are all pretty decent and some of them, they are very good as well. Um, when it comes to the Czech Republic, well, uh, they beat Netherlands in the Euros for example, so that tells you that they have this in them, but at the same time, they they are not very good defensively. Uh, they only kept clean seats in the qualification against Belarus and Estonia. And then if you check the numbers of Euro 2020, you will see that they were the sixth team in attempts and the fifth team in cross attempt, crosses attempted. So they are offensive. They don't know how to shut the door at the back. Um, so, but at the same time, Sweden won't attack them much because I know how they are at home. So I'm going to go for under 2.5 goals. That pays 167. And I like this one a lot. 0-0 in the first half, that pays 262. If you want to lower down that a little bit, you can go for under 0.75 goals in the first half to minimize your losses a little bit, that pays 215. Okay, so you mm -hmm. expect a KG1 in this game. The winner played Poland in the final already there because Russia has been disqualified. And the last game and the most balanced one is Wales-Austria here. Wales to win 2.9, Austria to win 3.0. And I'm kind of surprised, Alvaro, because Austria was absolutely terrible in the qualification. They finished fourth uh, behind Denmark, Scotland and Israel. We know that Wales is not a superpower in uh, football, but they are doing quite right their job recently. And we've seen them in uh, big tournaments uh, in the past uh, years. Yeah, uh, Wales, well, we have to say that they haven't played the World Cup for many years, right? Yeah. Uh, which is uh, something that they hope they correct this time. Um, they are not terrible at all, in my opinion. Wales is a decent side. Um, they will have um, Gareth Bale very fresh. 
Koski was an even in the match day squad against, um, against Barcelona uh, in El Clásico. Uh, but at the same time, he's fit. So Gareth Bale, I think that his last, uh, probably, target, his ultimate target in his career is to play a World Cup with Wales. I think that this is it for Gareth Bale after a, a terrific career. Uh, they got, I think that they, at least a good player per line because they got Ben Davis in defense who is playing for the Spurs starting for them. Aaron Ramsey in the weekend he scored his first goal for Glasgow Rangers ensure that he will take that confidence to the Wales national team. Gareth Bale up front so you know what they are capable of. Uh, I think that they, they play decent football and the, their improvement over the last decade is very remarkable. Um, then when it comes to Austria, yes, uh, they were terrible in the qualification. They have to qualify for this stage via the Nations League. They were clearly inferior to Denmark and Scotland in the group stage. And they got a few players out. I mean, for example, uh, in the last few days, we learned that uh, Grealish, Trimmel, Lienhardt, Ljubicic were going to be out. So the the manager, uh, in this case, Franco... Yeah, what is Fulda. Fulda. Yeah, it's like a Fulda. Franco Fulda, yeah. Uh, he, he has to, he looks like an actor uh, from Rex, by the way. Uh, the, ser <laughs> the series with the dog. Um, uh, he got to, uh, Franco Foda, he got to call Andy Byman. Do you remember this guy? He played for Aston Villa with Aston Benteke Villa, yeah. and Gabi yeah, yeah. con Laura front. It was seven years that the manager didn't call Andy Byman. So Austria is needing, uh, is in need of the strikers for this game. What I like about Austria, is that they are very vertical. Uh, for example, in the Euros, they have over a 50% possession of the ball, which is good enough for a team that we don't deem as one of the strong ones or the, one of the teams that take the initiative. Um, they were the 18 attempts in the World Cup qualification, which is really good because in Europe there are about 55 sides. Uh, but at the same time, they considered 17 goals. So it's a team that uh, lets you attack them, but at the same time, they try to hurt you a lot. They are probably the opposite of what Sweden are. And a few players, like for example, Alaba or Savicer, uh, they tend to send very long diagonal balls to the second post. I saw that in the Euro a lot and it worked very well to Aust uh, for Austria. So yeah, I think that they, this game can be entertaining, but I'm going to stay with Wales because I think that they were much better than Austria in the World Cup qualification group. So, ways to qualify, that pays 1.9. They are playing at home, let's not forget, and I think that this is important in these kind of cases. Or, for example, an Asian handicap of zero for Wales, mm, 189, it's a bit more conservative, but why not? At the end of the day, Wales are unbeaten in their last 16 home games, and their last defeat at home came against Denmark, and that was four years ago already. And in those 60 home games, eight clean sheets for Wales when they play at home. So, you know, it, it is usually reliable. But Austria, I do like, especially the midfield. I think they're very physical. They run a lot, liner and schlager. They gave Italy a quite hard time in that uh, round, you know, in the knockout in the Euros. If if it wasn't for the VAR, yeah, Arnautovic's goal would have stood and, you know, bye-bye. Uh, but, you know, it, it, is, it is a tough team, but it did disappoint me in the qualifying. I thought Foda was more um, concerned and more, um, let's say, putting more effort into the defensive phase. They let a lot of goal in, very unbalanced in the Austria side. 
big star is Arnautovic in Italy. He's having an okay season. He hasn't quite reached double figure place for a very defensive team that is uh, Bologna. Now, with Wales, the problem is that you know that when Bale and uh, Ramsey, they put the Wales shirt, you know that they're going to become different players. There's nothing to do with the form, with the club. You know, Bale, only played, Bale has only played two games for Real Madrid since November. Ramsey... Danny, all, 70, yeah. 77 minutes since August for Real Madrid. So, I, mean, that, I saw that the stats yesterday. It's ridiculous. But yeah, we know that, that, that can be dangerous. That tells sorry, you a lot. Sorry to interrupt. That tells you a lot. I mean, uh, then also we, we could discuss why they don't play him a little bit more. Why did he didn't play me yesterday in the Classico? But anyway, we, we leave it for another time. But, you know, also with Ramsey as well, you know when they're going to play for Wales, they're going to transform themselves. You know, Ramsey is a player that barely played in two years in Italy. Now, because they've got a very strong team spirit, this is a team that when they get together, uh, they, 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 they do the best. Although the overall quality of the Wales team, you would probably put it in the higher championship, lower Premier League. That's where most of the players uh, do play apart with some exceptions. But the team spirit and the organization make the most of it. You know, uh, a few concerns though for Page because they will be without the keeper Danny Ward. He's got a knee injury plays for Leicester. So it's going to be Hennessy in goal. Now, Hennessy, only nine Premier League games in the last three years between Palace and Burnley. But again, we saw them time and time again. Wales player, when they play with the national team, they give their best. Um, Tyler Roberts, uh, James uh, Lawrence, who played for San Pauli, also missing. And now there is a recall for Rabbi Matondo. Well, a circle bruise, nine goals in 24 games, but I would not imagine him to start up front. And now, if you look at the individuals, Dan James, for example, good season, bad season for Leeds, but he's having a good season. I think the move from Manchester United to Leeds helped him. Ethan Hampadu, good season at Venezia on an individual level, terrible season for the club. And then you go Harry Wilson, who plays for Fulham, on loan from Liverpool, having a great season in the Championship, boss in the Championship. We'll see him playing the Premier League next year. So yeah, there is quite uh, a lot of players that, you know, having good individual season in this Wales team. But again, the home factor and the group spirit factor could be uh, decisive. The winner of this, let's not forget, plays in the final against Scotland and Ukraine, which have been postponed because of the war. Um, I can see Wales favourites in this one, but again, I'm going to be a little bit conservative. So I'm going to go for an Asian handicap zero in the first half, in this case, for Wales, just because I found better odds, or it could have gone for a double chance 1x, but in this case, is uh, 193. Uh, if Wales doesn't lose the first half, you have a chance to win 193 if they draw. You get your money back. Mm, I wouldn't rule out a surprise here, or maybe even going into the extra time. We saw Austria put in uh, Italy to extra time, for instance, in the Euros. So I guess uh, you both think it's going to be Italy, Portugal, Sweden and Wales in the final. I think so. I mean, Italy, <laughs> Italy, yeah. Italy, Portugal, Sweden. Uh, I'm, 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 not, I'm not so sure it's going to be Sweden. I mean, uh, I, I think it's my, that's the most difficult to predict is Wales, Austria. Probably. Me too. I wouldn't uh, discard a surprise here. Then let's go with your Akadani. Okay, Italy to win the first half against Mas North Macedonia. Portugal and Turkey under 3.5 goals. Sweden to qualify. And Wales-Austria, both teams to score. Total odds, 7.45.
Álvaro. You beat me, Danny. You beat me this time. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> I'm going for an Asian handicap zero for Wales. Uh, under 2.5 goals in the game of Sweden against the Czech Republic. A clean sheet for Italy. Uh, taking some risk here, but I believe that this can happen. And Portugal to win. That pays 7-11. Mm -hmm. I had to Google Franco Foda and uh, see his picture as well. No. He looks like <laughs> a textbook <laughs> Austrian actor. <laughs> We, we are going down the standard. We're going down the standard. But by, by the way, we have to say one thing because you because you put an Asian handicap zero in your in your ACA. If it doesn't happen, I think the ACA is still is still valid. If they throw, exactly. they just take yeah. the odds out, so you're gonna be gonna be less. So you go yeah. you got more chances to win. That's correct. That's completely correct. Then good luck, Danny. And let's see. Hopefully, hopefully we'll see you in the next video. Because if he Italy doesn't make it, I'm not gonna do the next video. Has to happen. Has to happen. We need the Portugal Italy. Thank see you, guys. Later. See you later. Thank you. <laughs> Take care. I hope you enjoy the video. Let me know in the comments who do you think are gonna qualify for the World Cup. And don't forget to press the like and subscribe. And also remember that we have a podcast for you. Thanks for watching.